Pete Phillips are not related. What happened there? This is a show where we notice the strange goings on in the world and we stop and ask why. And once we answer that question to our satisfaction, we preach our newfound knowledge by asking, Y'all heard? In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, either how are you or tell me something about your week. Uh, my week has been, uh, this is pre-written, okay? My week has been okay. uneventful. Okay. I say that every week, so I am accepting submissions on ways to be more actively alive. <laughs> Call us at 570-POD-WAD-1. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call our own number and give you a <laughs> Is that all you want to share? Yeah, I, I've just been up to nothing. Um, oh, hold up. I did win the square race this week in my <laughs> my phone game. What perk do you get? Uh, they give you like a bunch of uh, tools you can use in the game. Congratulations. Thank you. And if you don't know what the square race is, dear listener, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is, but congratulations. Being the best at anything. <laughs> So I went to Boston this weekend, and my boyfriend. I was like, "What should we do?" He's like, "Let's let's go to a seafood place." And first of all, he pitches this one place, and I'm like, "I wonder what the dress code is." And then the dress code is like this detailed thing. It's like elegant, formal wear, no athleisure, no athletic, no baggy clothes, and no clothing emitting foul odors. Interesting. I was like, let's not go there. That seems something about that doesn't seem right. So then he's like, well, there's this place called Bootleg Special. Then he goes, wait, what? It's in CVS? And I was like, there's no way it's in CVS. (laughs) So I put the address, and it does indeed seem to be in CVS. But then I look at the menu. I'm like, this is like a fancy menu. And these pictures are nice. It's like this is a cheap place. So I get there and I'm like, we gotta go. We gotta go to the place in CVS. So we walked there and we started second guessing ourselves. And we were like, I don't want to be here at night. This doesn't look right. <laughs> this place looks a little, a little sketch. And then I was like, I don't know. This is a little further. Then we see the bootleg special sign. And I'm like, that sign makes it even worse. That's such a tiny side. It looks so bad. And then we turn the corner, and then there's all these men in suits. And I was like, what's happening? So then we go inside a bootleg special. I think it is... A restaurant only attended by the men in black. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is technically in the same building as CVS, but you don't enter a CVS to go into bootleg special. And despite their very weird sign on the one side, it was pretty nice inside. I mean, we collectively, we both had to pay $100 to split that bill. So you better hope, you know, you better believe they better have some good food. I'm not paying the $200 just in a CVS. So, <laughs> the CVS <yeah>. food court. <laughs> yeah. So I will just say, 
we were real scared. It was pretty good. I had I had what they call a seafood boil. Do you know what that is? No. Honestly, I don't know what fully makes it a seafood boil, but I will say ASMR people eat it a lot. And it's usually, like, a lot of seafood all, like, in one pot with some vegetables all, like, like dripping in the same buttery sauce. Oh, yeah, okay. it was probably important. And my boyfriend was like, oh, you know, I don't know what a seafood boil is, but, I mean, it sounds good. Like, we're already in the restaurant. He's like, how did you get the idea of this? And I was like, ASMR. He's like, you took me here because of ASMR. Appropriate like, response. I was like, yep. <laughs> but we loved it. So that's all. I just thought I'd share my CVS, my CVS restaurant story. If you're ever in Boston, Blue Leg Special has very good seafood boils. I did feel like I was watching my own private ASMR show. That was did pretty you, good. Did you feel tingly? No. ASMR mostly calms me. It doesn't make me tingle. That sounds weird. Um... So, yeah, if you're in Boston, CVS Apartment 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, um, it was an interesting... Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm missing those interesting moments in life. Do you want me to find you some weird places to go to? Not really, no. Did no. you know that there is a gothic restaurant in Scranton owned by the strange and unusual people? That doesn't surprise me. Go there with your girlfriends. James can go there with his girlfriend. Why can't you go there? You don't have to be goth to go there. Are you sure? Yes. Someone, one of my coworkers showed this showed it to me. They're like, "Hey, have you been here?" And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It's called like Noir Black or something. I don't know. Let me tell you a little bit of the menu. Menu subtitle. For the belly of the beast. Uh, one of them is Caseculture Crucifix, a crucified cheese arrangement. Something, something, something. Lye cheese, sweet baby Jesus sunflower brittle. Okay, I'm going to just read a few more. <laughs> uh, phlebotomist bread injections, garlicky gouda bread skulls, cauldron of bloody Mary tomato sauce. Complete with syringes for skull injections. Oh. Is this for children? This is so ridiculous. Um, let me find one more. Um, hmm. Uh, hail Satan. Garlic naan. <laughs> <laughs> Garlic naan. Parged? Pete, is that a word? P-A-R-G-E-D? No. Well, it says garlic non parged with black garlic mashed. Mashed what? Buffalo cashew cheese. They just take black garlic and they mash it. I don't. Do they mean glass black garlic mashed potato? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, chorizo seitan, black beans, and Moroccan yakon blood. What? They're just saying things. <laughs> Ew. Okay. And like. They only have, like, five things on their menu, and one of them is vegan, and then the next thing has, like, tongue on it. I'm going through the, the street view on Google uh-huh. to see um, where it is, and guys, the uh, pandemic was rough. 
Just why is it? A lot of things that were in business that are not in business anymore. <laughs> why? Why? What's weird? No, just a lot of places that are um, buildings for sale and that sort of oh, thing. Oh, I see. I see. Well, I think you should go here with your girlfriend and then do an episode about it. So we're going to turn into a food review podcast? <laughs> yeah. Not a whole podcast. Hey, this is uh, even better for you. Um, I'm just what? reading. I'm just reading a search headline: Mountaintop Man opening goth-themed bar in Scranton. Josh Balls. Embody- yeah, that's embodies the guy who- goth. <laughs> yeah, he is. I think either dating or married to the Nipa girl who won Ink Masters. Cool. Are you following me, or you have no idea what I'm talking about? That's so cool. Yeah, I think he might be a co-owner or an owner of Strange and Unusual. Isn't it Balls with a Z? Balls with a Z. Yeah, it's a bit much. Uh, oh, it's a bar. Okay, it's not a restaurant. That's just because there's only like five things they sell to eat. And for those of you thinking that I was making fun of this man's name for being Balls... Um, he was. Balzac is what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got great fans, and sometimes they call to remind us. Hi, this is Alex. In a recent episode of Y'all Heard, Pete and Marissa were talking about rebooting uh, classic franchises of one kind or another and updating from modern times. Here's my suggestion. The Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa was an animated Saturday morning series in the very early 1990s. It only went on for two seasons. The premise of the show was that it was like a Wild West type of show, except the cowboys were cows because there was a comet that had caused some kind of bovine evolution or something. Um, and so it was really just like Wild West plots, but where all of the human characters were replaced with anthropomorphic cows who were herding actual cows. And basically nothing was done with that. The only, like, merit to this, you know, uh, twist on Wild West stories was that they could do a lot of bad cow puns. Now, here's my idea for the reboot, okay? Um, we really explored this. We explored the tension of anthropomorphic cows herding, you know, uh, regular cows. And how do they interact with the human beings, with who, like for whom they're you know trying to uh, harvest these cattle? And really, like, what are the power dynamics that you have? The tensions between different human factions, such as the human beings who would want to liberate all the cows from being eaten by human beings, um, or another faction of human beings that would be dedicated to just destroying all cows because of concerns for climate change, because cows release a lot of methane. Okay, so you've got these three different groups of humans, and then you've got the actual cows, and the cowboys in Mumesa have to, like, do sheriff stuff and, like, figure out, you know, to whom are they going to be beholden, how do they manage these, you know, intersecting power centers. Also, modern-day cowboys can use helicopters. Okay, thanks. Bye. What the fuck is this show? <laughs> what? Listen, his idea is great. Because I mean, I do like his idea. I'm more disturbed at what the fuck is this show. I just Googled it while he was talking. So anthropomorphic cows that herd cows. And then, like, I'm looking, and it's weird. And there's a bunch of, like, sexy, sexy cow women. <laughs> and, and I have never heard of this in my life. And I don't know how anyone let this happen. <laughs> I really do, like, um... You know what he was talking about the 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 I guess the cow people herding the cows. Yeah. It it made me think of yeah like humans working with 
primates, you know? Mm, yeah, okay. And how it might be easy for some people to be like, these are just animals, but other people might be like, no, no, they're closer to us yeah. than you might think. I just have to say, there are really cool action figures of this of this Devil Spawn show. There's also comic books. There also seems to be a video game. I... I never heard of it either. I... It's just... Oh, and they're like... Yeah, it's like they're riding horses, and... I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like Mickey having Pluto as a dog. Well, now you're making me look it up. We're going to have to see if we can stream this someplace. There's, there's got to be. I'm, I don't want to look at this, but I'm just like, the cowboys are so, like, buff. Like, this one has a six-pack. Well, that might be a fan art. I can't tell. But there's no way that, like, this is probably furry heaven. Featuring the vocal talents of Tim Curry. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time looking into this. Marissa might cover this on a whole episode yeah. one day. <laughs> that Alex. Wow. Oh, this must be fan art. They keep seeing fan art with like these fucking jacked cowboys bulls with like six packs. Um. Okay. Okay. This to- is an American animated TV series for children, created by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book artist Ryan Brown. Ninety-two to ninety-three. Wait, how old was I? Oh, it was like six or seven. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I was—I was like, I was like ten years old. This should have been right up my—I and I was into the turtles. So. Uh. Wow. Now it's like recommending all these other weird cartoons to me. Okay, I gotta close this. <laughs> anyway, Alex, very interesting. Never heard about that. Do think it would be a fascinating thing to remake. Speaking of remakes, did you see the Lost Boys are getting remade? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's stupid. Icebreaker. So, Pete, my icebreaker for you. Um, did we ever discuss about how there was going to be a reality? It was like activists going head to head, and at the end, the winner would go to the G- whatever summit and I guess have a chance to like talk about their cause. I mean, everyone was talking about it because it was outrageous because like and it's hosted by usher yes but now they changed it and they're making it into some sort of documentary because everyone was like what the fuck anyway (laughs) yeah like like you put like a cancer like somebody who wants to fight cancer against somebody who wants to fight domestic violence and it's like well both of them suck so (laughs) yeah and it also seemed like they were getting judged every week based on how many like social like how much social clout they had something really weird um, so, I want to know, if you could put together a reality show, what would it be? That's a big one, Marissa. Where do you want me to go? If you have something in mind, yeah, you you should go. <laughs> okay, well, I have two things. First of all, this is a real question. I don't feel like you're any more qualified to answer it than I am, but maybe you are because you have more access to young people, but... Do people still, like, define themselves as much as they do when I was young, you think? Like, punks, goths, or is everyone so alt nowadays that the lines have blurred? What do you think? I feel like, yeah, I feel like they're they're pretty blurred in that respect. Okay, well... Once in a while, you'll see somebody who, like, is, how do I say, like, fulfilling the role of 
like almost yeah. like they're dressing or acting towards a role of a punk or yeah. a goth or I mean th- like there are people that I know who don't play sports but act like jocks <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so I would like to see one of two things. If I could go back in time, I would have liked a late nineties reality show where a self proclaimed person of where there was one person from each defined subculture more like alternative subcultures though like not like not like a jock not that that's like a so not like oh someone who says like they're like preppy but like all like a like a goth like a punk like a i don't know like a gothic alita like um like a metalhead i would have liked like the equivalent of the real world but like they have to be someone that really is like oh this culture is my life so that's one of them and the other one is, I want married, I don't even know what married to medicine is. I just assume it's like real housewives with women that are married to men doctors. I just assume it's something weird like that. So if it's not, and I just assume it's kind of sexist or, or female centric, that's my bad. But I would like one where it's just like a real housewives, but it's real housewives husbands. Mm-hmm. But mostly of specifically of women who are doctors. I don't know why, but I feel like the men would be really dramatic. The okay. men can't be doctors too. They have to be either taking care of the child or not the breadwinner. They just need to be like in a household where the household probably has a lot of money, but the women do most of the work. And I want to see the drama the men bring to the table. For your first idea, I think that could definitely, I could see something like that happening. But today, I think it would be so unfortunate because it would be something where, like, somebody builds an avatar that satisfies those. Yeah. You know, those cultures. So, yeah, definitely back in the day when people, like, took it seriously and everything wasn't stupid and, like, I don't know. I I feel like that would be more relevant back in the day. And, yeah. So, give me yours. I really didn't get very far in thinking because I was listening. Oh, I'm sorry. I will just go but elaborate. You don't have to listen. <laughs> but I really just want a reality show that it's like, there was a real ho- hot house husbands of L.A., but that was a comedy show that Kevin Hart made. Right. I want a reality show that is dudes with a lot of money to blow, but they're not working all the time. They have lots of leisure time, or if not leisure time, they at least, like, don't have to go to work all the time, and I want to see them having, like, really dumb dramas, like women in the house housewives do. <laughs> this is the only thing that came to mind. So I'd like to apologize ahead of time. Uh-oh. The first idea that I had was kind of like a secret camera type of show, where you follow somebody who has an illness as they try to navigate the healthcare system. <laughs> oh, I like it. And then I was like, no, that seems cruel. How about a behind the scenes reality show of <laughs> what it's like to work in a primary doctor's office? <laughs> what? As who? Like, what is your role? The doctor? Your role, like... It's it's more observational. So you're watching 
the office staff and how they work together and <laughs> new patients that come in, something like that. You know, they used to have some, some medical related. I don't know why I'm picking medical, but, um, probably cause you subliminally took me in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, uh, they used to have that one where it was, was it Johns Hopkins? I don't. Oh, I know what you mean. I don't know what it's called, and I don't know which place it was, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and uh, and it was kind of like a behind the scenes in a in a hospital ER or something like that. And, yeah. Um, but something much much more mundane that would probably be better as a sitcom. <laughs> like the receptionists and yep. like the nurses mm-hmm. and like yeah yeah that would be fun. The doctor is an afterthought in this show. Oh. <laughs> So, Marissa, <clears throat> you know the show $25,000 Pyramid, a.k.a. $10,000 Period, a.k.a. $100,000 Pyramid? I know it's a thing. Don't know how it works. I don't even know anything about it. I just know it's a thing. Okay. So, the way that it works is, let's say our, I'm just looking in front of me, our uh, topic, right, was Post-its. So, I'm facing you. Your back is facing a pyramid of topics. And I have to, to get you to say what's on each one of the tiles building up to the top. And if we get there, we win $25,000. Oh, okay. So if it were a post-it, for example, I would be like, um, it's yellow. And then you would be like, Big Bird. And then I would be like, it's square. First of all, that's not what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you presenting me in that way. And then I would be like... You write notes on it, and they'd be like, eh, because I said note, and like post yeah. note might be in the title or something. So we're going to try that right now, <laughs> which okay. is, you know, a bad idea because you're not really familiar with the show, but this one is, um, <laughs> so this doesn't work because you don't know the show, but. No, but you're basically going to try and get me to say a word without saying the word. Right. So this is something that you do when you're scared. Okay. Something that you do when you're in pain. Cry. Something you do when you're releasing. Scream. Yes. My other two clues were the movie where David Arquette and Courtney Cox met. <laughs> nice. I like that. That would have totally And the last one was the one where Skeet Ulrich is a bad boyfriend the whole movie. <laughs> Not just <laughs> when you find out he's the killer. <laughs> oh, I love Skeet Ulrich, but continue. So I don't know if it was a bit of media... I know we were talking about disturbing behavior last episode. I've also yeah. been watching, as has Marissa, Nine Perfect Strangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a person that I ran into who was screaming, but I was thinking about screaming recently. And I thought about all the reasons why we scream and why we do one thing for so many emotions. So I wanted uh-huh. to look into screaming. Okay. <laughs> to start... We're going to, like, define our terms a bit, coming from Wikipedia. Okay. A scream is a loud vocalization in which air is passed through the vocal folds (laughs) with greater force than is used in regular or close-distance vocalization. This can be performed by any creature possessing lungs, including humans. Oh, no, you dumb bitch. I was going to ask if there's a creature without lungs, and then I stopped myself. Fish, maybe? They have gills. Fish have gills. Fish have gills. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. 
A scream is often an instinctive or reflex action with a strong emotional aspect like fear, pain, annoyance, surprise, joy, excitement, anger, etc. So the reason I looked into this is because I was like, the same reason, like, you stub your toe and you scream because it hurt, the same as, I don't know, like, like some reason you would scream that's not bad. (laughs) Oh! I'm sorry, by the way, that just reminded me, Missed Opportunity, when we did that at the beginning, you could have referenced the song where Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson teamed up. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So, if you're new to the podcast and you made it this far and you're like, gosh, these people are just using Wikipedia for research, um, I'm going to go even deeper. Cora. Okay. All right. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> The upvoted answer for the question, why do we scream, (laughs) comes to us from Emma Skinner, a former woodcarver. Oh, yeah, she's the leading authority, no doubt. She has quite the extensive answer, but this is towards the middle to end. And um, I pulled this out because of your love of children, Marissa. Oh, yes. Babies scream because it is the only form of communication they have to attract the attention of a caregiver. Children scream when they are excited or scared. Teenagers scream for the same reasons. And adults tend to forget these reasons. And so when we hear screaming, we almost feel panic inside because the association with danger or somebody being hurt is stronger, which is probably the reason that adults tend to feel emotionally exhausted after spending a few hours with excited children. Interesting. That's kind of sad, maybe. Yeah, but but the thing that I like about it is like, uh, Marissa, I'm just gonna pick on you. You don't want to be around screaming children, and this person, oh my God, no. this person is saying it's because you are going to be so emotionally invested in their safety and so worried about why they're screaming. Guys, that's not true at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, um, Diana Koenig, a journalist and broadcasting author, writes, If the scream of babies is their first communication method, then the scream of adults is a recession form of communication. Makes sense to me. By screaming, in the opposite of calling, I did not go into all the denotations of what makes a shout, what makes a call, what makes a scream... (laughs) Yeah. But um, by screaming in the opposite of calling, the voice becomes overloaded and overamplified, and it loses its control. It's fun. It's a fundamental sound. Okay. The scream is therefore. I'm sorry. The scream is there before language, and it appears when language reaches its limits. So you feel something in a certain way so strongly that words just won't do. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it was nine perfect strangers that made me think about screaming, then it could be as a result of the psychological practice of screaming. In psychology, the scream is an important theme in the theories of author Janov. In his book, The Primal Scream, Janov claims that there that the cure for neurosis huh, oh. is huh. is to confront the patient with his suppressed pain resulting from an experienced trauma. This confrontation gives birth to a scream 
Janoff believes that it is not necessary that the that it heals the patient from the trauma. The scream is only a form of expression of primal pain, which comes from one's childhood, and the reliving of this pain and its expression. If my therapist asked me to do anything that even remotely referenced the word primal, I would I would stop talking to them. Um, this finally appears, this healing, or expression of pain, I should say, not healing, um, appears through the scream and can cure the patient from his neurosis. So maybe oh, you should listen to your okay. psychologist or okay. psychiatrist. <laughs> or perhaps, Marissa, we use the scream to show power. Gregory oh. Whitehead, founder of the Institute for Screamscape Studies, which oh, is uh, horrifying. <laughs> How? How does this person? How did he get into this? This was a um, we the the Institute for Screamscape Studies. See, this I I was gonna go with high art again in the reality show, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm glad I yeah. didn't because it comes up here too. Uh, okay. Basically, an art gallery was turned into the Institute for Screamscape Studies, and he collected a bunch of Die. examples of screaming. Um, even apparently a Swedish ATM that sounds like screaming (laughs) and put them all in one place. He also opened a scream line. So you, anybody could call this phone number and record themselves screaming. I get in the, in the show, nine perfect strangers, there is a point where like, I don't remember whether the therapist tells them to do it or they just decide to do it. But, uh, like the one guy and the girl, they're just like screaming as hard as they can and it just like annoys me. There's something about like people doing cathartic screaming that just seems so lame and cheesy to me. It should be something that's private. <laughs> yeah, but also like it would probably be pretty hard to find a private place to scream. But it's like so yeah, like so vulnerable, and it's like ew, go away, <laughs> like ew. So let me see if I can. Uh, Let's I, of watch course, somebody masturbate. I'm I sorry. have, of course, some examples here. This is a piece that was made by Gregory Whitehead, uh, who I'm still gonna. I still haven't gotten to what he said about screaming, but I'm gonna share. Hi, I'm Media Mangan. I'm eight years old, and here's my scream. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Whitehead. It's approximately 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon, October the 19th. No two people cry the same way. I wonder whether this could apply to screams as well. You should know by now. I may do some research on that. Meanwhile, to add to your screams, Kate... Oh, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. So this is part of a five-minute uh, radio piece. I don't mind it. Apparently has been played before. Um, yeah, that examines screams, basically, and collects them from people. So that um, was intolerable, but that guy seemed so polite. And then went so feral immediately. It was beautiful. I wonder if I can skip ahead to... The interviewer remarked that some of your samples sounded like an SM scene. Having some experience in that area, I'd like to leave some ideas and examples of screams from, as you said, the border of pain and pleasure. Some submissives, or masochists if you prefer, 
like to take as much corporal punishment as possible in silence. But I just thought you'd like this because the man sounds proper and polite. He really does. <laughs> Gregory Whitehead, the founder of the Institute for Screamscape Studies, believes that the voice is used to focus power. Scream used to be a psychological weapon, both for you and against your opponent. It raises the confidence to the person using it. Creating power with a yell is having to affect someone without touching them. In this case, screaming is a protective weapon, as also often used by animals who scream as an expression of power during fights or with another animal. Do you have an example? Of animals screaming? Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, not a sound. Like, what's an animal that generally uses screaming? I mean, I think you could qualify a roar as a as a scream. So a lot. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Then the New Yorker wrote a piece on screaming as well. Why we scream? Uh, apparently, this was really big in 2014, 2015. <laughs> okay. Indeed, the natural world is full of screams. When one rhesus monkey attacks another, for instance, the victim may let off one of five discrete screams to solicit help conveying the dominance rank of the opponent. The form of the of his or her aggression and whether there has been any physical contact. So in there it becomes a bit of a language cue, right? Yeah. As YouTube attests, there are also hordes of gifted non primate screamers, like goats, seals, and frogs. <laughs> so another place where this kind of um speaks to me, the the whole screaming thing is in athletes they're like oh exactly oh (laughs) and by the way after this episode we do need a fantasy football update (laughs) oh do i have one by the way the fantasy football updates are going exclusively to the patreon dear listener so if you would like to you can go to yallher.me and click on the patreon link in 2014, scientists at Drexel University found Ooh. that the simple act of screaming while squeezing a hand grip dynamometer. What the fuck is that? Dynamometer, excuse me. Oh, yes. You're like, Dyn- oh, oh, that's what I, that's what I yeah. thought you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's measuring how tightly you're squeezing something. Um, this could increase screaming while squeezing this hand grip could increase someone's grip strength by up to 25 percent interesting okay dozens of other studies have found that screaming can do things like increase our maximum jumping distance improve our ability to withstand pain and increase coordination i didn't know that why aren't people talking about that so if you ever feel drunk one night and you feel like you might fall over just scream while you walk, and everybody I, will be okay with that. <laughs> I like that. One even concluded that simply making the face you make when you scream can make you more alert and broaden your field of vision. That sounds psychotic. But if you try it, you can see more. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that later. <laughs> Remember, I can't see your face now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. In 2009, during the third round match at the French Open, Michelle Larcher de Brito screamed so loud during a match, her screams have been clocked at 109 decibels, louder than a jet taking off at 1,000 feet. 
that she was booed off the court. I was just about to say that they docked her a point. Wow. And I was joking. And we're going to listen to her scream now. Okay. I'm excited. Because this is another part. People that have really funny screams. Wait, so then she does that every time she hits it? Because yep. it's a laugh. Yep. Wow. That's, she sounds like a dying something. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It is cheating, pure and simple. It is time for something to be done, said what? Martina Navaratola. Monica Sellis a big uh, tennis player when I was a kid, she also grunted when she was playing Martina Navratilova. How How the fuck is that cheating? (laughs) Because uh, her her accusation is that it's a distractive tactic. That if she screams at every hit, it's messing with my mental game. Oh, tennis players are such pussies. (laughs) Inspired by these comments and the controversy surrounding players like DeBrito, University of British Columbia psychologist Scott Sinnott designed a 2010 study to determine whether grunting and screaming could hinder an opponent's ability to determine where the ball was going. (laughs) Ooh. And his findings were that it did. Oh. But his personal conclusion was... I don't think grunting is used as a tactic in professional tennis. The players are playing at such a high level that I don't think you could reliably use it as a tactic. Never say never, dude. Yeah. Or is it that the other, like, that the opponent... I could see see somebody making um, the argument that the opponent is too weak to be able to deal with it, you know? Mm, well, then that's a whole other problem, Okay. With screams and people who do sports, I think there are two situations. The first situation is when you scream to scare your opponent. This is Luke Arnal, a postdoctoral student at NYU. The second situation that I don't really understand is when someone, for instance, launches an object and then after launching, screams. I don't understand why we emit this signal. The effort is done. Why people do sports... Why people who do sports <laughs> scream after the effort... But also, why do people do sports? <laughs> uh, ...is something really strange to me. I think you could admit any hypothesis, which is a smart way of saying it could be any reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I see this a lot, and I find it to be unattractive. And Wait, I it's you or him? I find this this, like, when somebody makes a good play in a basketball game and then they're like yeah you know like that sort of thing i find that unattractive i get that you're excited and you're sort of like releasing it somehow but also like when when i like chill people (laughs) yeah 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 i guess so when i'm watching a game and there's like a player i like who doesn't usually do that and then they do it i'm like ah yeah and you see it in the WNBA, you see it in the NBA, you, you know, I've seen it with, with like somebody hits a home run or something. And as they're like, r- like jogging to first base, they're screaming, that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm sure there was a lot in the Olympics. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 
So, Marissa, um, do I have a concrete answer as to why we scream? No. But I do have a, another few reasons, or another few peripheral things related to screaming before we uh, finish out the episode with a nice story. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, mania refers to compulsive shouting and has Ugh. been seen in people with um, encephalitis lethargica. Uh, alcohol use disorder and carbon monoxide poisoning. I'm sorry. Do you know what encephalitis lethargica means? I don't know what that no, means. No, just be quiet. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, and that's right, Marissa. I asked. I asked Google a question today. Oh, nice. I asked it. Why do crazy people scream? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I mean, thank you. Um, because. There was a man who would walk around Wilkesbury, and every like ten feet he walked, he would just scream into the air, and it 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 looked like it was a compulsion of some 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 sort. It wasn't like something that he was choosing to do, and I would see it from a distance. Nobody was around him or anything like that, and so yeah, I've always kind of wondered what was up with that dude. What did Google say? Oh, that's what Google told me. Oh, okay, okay. My guess for this person would have been alcohol use disorder, but um Okay. I don't know, maybe he has encephalitis lethargica too. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> uh is an atypical form of encephalitis the inflammation what? of the brain. Oh. It okay. is also known as sleeping sickness or sleepy sickness. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds horrible. The disease attacks the brain, leaving some victims in a statue-like condition, speechless and motionless. Sounds oh horrible. God. Yeah. Between 1915 and 1926, an epidemic of encephalitis lethargica spread around the world. What? The exact number of people infected is unknown, but the estimates are more than 1 million people contracted the disease during the epidemic, which directly caused more than 500,000 deaths. Fuck. Oh, most of those who survived never returned to their pre-morbid vigor. Yucky. So, last thing of... I mean, those of you who've been sitting at home wondering why I haven't done this already, I was saving it for the end. Can't finish this episode without talking about boning. Um, Now, I'm not looking at a study that talks about people... Okay. But much like Moo Cow Mesa. Mesa uh, Cow Moo? I don't know. <laughs> Moo Mesa. Moo Mesa Ranch. Moo. Ranchers. Cowboys of Moo Mesa. That's it. Thank you. You're okay. Um, this would be like the, the cow people studying the cows. <laughs> yeah. Screaming and yelling are oft also a means of expressing pleasure. I found this interesting, which is why I uh, included it. <laughs> okay. Studies on monkeys have shown that when female monkeys scream during sex, it helps the male ejaculate. Yeah, I'm not surprised. An approximate, but okay, all right, you're not surprised. An approximation of 86% of the times where female monkeys scream during a sexual encounter brought a 59% success rate. In comparison to the 2% success rate without the female scream. So when the female monkeys aren't screaming, 
98% of the time, the men are not finishing. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, is there any... This Obviously, there's no study with humans, right? Uh, I don't think so, but there could be... Yeah, okay. Gail Brewer of the University of uh, Central Lancashire and Colin Hendry of the University of Leeds conducted a similar research with women. Okay, well, excuse me, I guess there is. Showing that women also scream during intercourse as an encouragement for their partner to do, quote, a better job. Oh, I didn't think it was to do a better job. I thought it was just to encourage their partner so they feel like they're doing okay, but okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, in a way, I think you could you could set that up to be the same thing, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so the last thing I thought was interesting was, with all this vulgarity and everything, <laughs> <laughs> that we could finish with a story. Okay. Uh, this is a story about shouting, not really screaming. Um, when you're shouting, you're sort of like speaking at a high volume, but it's sort of like you're using, you're still using language, you're using words. Yeah. A Hindu saint who was once visiting River Ganges to take a bath found a group of family members sitting on the banks, shouting in anger at each other. He turned to his <laughs> disciples, smiled, and asked, Why do people in anger shout at each other? The disciples thought for a while. Then one of them said, Because we lose our calm, we shout. But why should you shout when the other person is just next to you? You can tell him what you have to say softly asked the saint. The disciples gave some other answers, but none satisfied the other disciples. Finally, the saint explained, when two people are angry at each other, their hearts distance a lot. To cover that distance, they must shout to be able to hear each other. The angrier mm. they are, the stronger they will have to shout at each other in order to cover the great distance. That's cute. I like that. What happens when two people fall in love? They don't shout at each other, but talks... <laughs> but talk softly because their hearts are very close. The distance between them is either non-existent or very small. The saint continued, when they love each other even more, what happens? They do not speak, only whisper, and they get even closer to each other in their love. Finally, they need not even whisper. They look at each other and that's all. That is how close two people are when they love each other. I was with him till the end. That's a bit of uh, wishful thinking, but sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about screaming. There's also, um, I don't know if anybody else is familiar with this, but this is the first time I bothered to look it up. <laughs> There's also the Wilhelm scream. Are you familiar with this, Marissa? I just know it's a band that screams a lot. It's like the screamo band from when I was oh. in college. Well, that's yeah. unfortunate because this is what it actually is. Um, it's a, it's a stock audio clip of screaming. Okay. And in the first time they used it, it was a character named Wilhelm. Let's take a quick listen. Wilhelm! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe! <laughs> so that's the sound, okay? <laughs> okay. So it goes on for quite some time. Wow. But I wanted to try to bring you to this sort of era. Batman Returns. Oh, that's funny. Reservoir Dogs. 
Aladdin. That's so funny. There's the carpet who had the relationship with with <laughs> Raja. Yeah, oh, with <laughs> That was a very quiet one. Why would they all reuse the same stuff? I don't get it. <laughs> That's funny. But it um it still gets still gets useful. That's crazy. That's the Phantom Menace where it was being used, uh, I believe I in that last clip. Without ever looking up what what the Wilhelm scream was, I thought it was something more sinister. I thought it was an inaudible scream. <laughs> what would that mean? What is an in? What, oh, wait, what? What is that? What do you mean? Yeah, like going through the motions of screaming but not screaming. Oh, why did you think that? I don't really know. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Thank you, Pete. That was interesting. I hate, ugh, I hate listening to people screaming. Yeah. When I was in uh, college, a difficult thing for me was um, hearing other college students be excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And how they would scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like a like a really loud, unnecessary woo that breaks the silence. Yeah. Oh God, I'm with you. My most the 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 scream that I guess gets to me a lot is where I'm situated in the city. I hear a lot of people who may have a mental concern screaming, mm-hmm. and it yeah. fills me with, like unbridled rage so i guess i'll just remind myself that they might have encephalitis is that rage or is that fear no it's just rage (laughs) my life just they're just getting in touch with their primal yeah you don't do that on your own time dude (laughs) so this is an untapped market if anybody out there has some seed money we would like to um open up a storefront where we have little booths that are soundproofed and people can go in and just scream their hearts out. I like it. I like it. You can All call right. us at five seven zero podwad one if you want to invest. Thank you. Also, if you want to leave us your screen. Yeah, feel free. Why not? Yeah, leave us a scream at five seven zero podwad one. We'll use it in our Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Um. Oh, by the way, thank you, Michael Sinton, for. Uh, for the compliments about the uh, latest uh, September playlist. Um, I will have a more Halloween-themed one in October. Plugs. Um, so what are your plugs, Pete? You know what, Marissa? Uh, I really hate to do this to you, but I'm going to um, pull the rug out from under you. What? And I'm going to plug Vampires in the Bronx. <laughs> Ooh, what? You really did. Do tell. Well, Netflix has this new movie that is called Nightbooks, I think. Nightbooks? Yeah. And it feels like they're sort of trying to do something a little similar, like the age group is the same. But it's just not as good. I was watching it and I was like... I really wish this was Vampire in the Bronx, <laughs> Vampires in the Bronx. Oh. And then part of me was like, why don't you just turn this off and watch Vampires in the Bronx? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So leading up to the holiday season, 
definitely put it on your playlist. You don't have to watch it right now. You can wait until October 1st if you are, you know, um, you don't like the gravity of how much Halloween might be around you too soon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a fun movie, and it was fun to watch. Uh, I'm just looking at pictures of Nightbooks, and it looks dumb. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was dumb. I do think that the main actor wasn't very good, but he's a child, so that's not fair for me to say. Oh. I mean, the vampire and the Bronx kids were good, and their kids... Yeah, I know. So it is fair for you to say. Okay. All right. It's fair. <laughs> the kids sucked. Okay. <laughs> not good. since Cortland Mead in The Shining remake have I seen a kid so annoying. <laughs> good. Really let it out. Now scream. Ah! <laughs> that was a good one. Um... Do I have a plug? Uh, oh, yeah. So, someone told me I should watch the movie Cape. Do you know what that is? It's an action movie that takes place in Tokyo. Cape? Kate. K-A-T-E. Yeah. I started watching it and I got bored. So, I didn't get bored, but I didn't want to like it because they were like, oh, you think I'm just going to like it because it's Asian stuff? Someone said you and your boyfriend should watch it. And I was like, oh, you think I'm just going to like it because it's Japan? And then my boyfriend's like, did they just recommend it because I'm Asian? And I was like, I don't know. Let's just watch it. Then it was really good, and I thought it was fun. But I can understand why you didn't love it. But this is going to be significant to no one, because I'm sure no one knows who listens to us knows who this is. But Pete, have you ever heard me talk about a Japanese rock star called Miyavi? Of course. Yeah, well, Miyavi has a really hot fight sequence in it oh and i just think everyone should watch it for that he's wearing like a a silk robe and he looks like really like like gender fluid but he's like so badass oh it's so good i was just mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i thought it was a fun movie uh so kate if you like an action movie it's a K-A-T-E. little t-e yeah it's like uh Maurice's old roommate Yes, exactly. He's been following the whole history of my life. Um, and if you don't want to watch a movie, you should just look up Miyavi. He's, like, really hot. Anyway, he was also in... He was in one of Angelina Jolie's movies. But it portrayed Japanese people really bad. So I don't know why he agreed to do that part. Anyway. I was really hope. Oh, you know what? I wanted to plug dried pineapple <laughs> as okay. well. She's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank Oh, I had dried watermelon the other day. That Whoa. was weird. Oh. Yeah, what is watermelon was... without moisture? Yeah, it was I mean, it still tasted sweet. Just it was leather. It was hard to eat. Yeah, it was hard to eat, but it, it tasted pretty good. Um I don't even know where I got that. But um yeah, so thanks for listening guys. Um thanks for giving us feedback and um Stay tuned for my fantasy football updates and our latest Patreon drop. Our countdown to episode 200 is, of course, happening right now. Um, if you have any suggestions for topics that we should cover on such a pivotal episode, please let us know. Yeah. We did receive a su- topic suggestion from Alex, which I may investigate at some point in time. I don't know how soon, though. It's about Nazis, also, like, and I don't like to give Nazis bandwidth. <laughs> oh, what about Nazis? What are Nazis? Yeah, that was his Is question. That- no. <laughs> it, his his uh, pitch was about the Nazis' interest in Atlantis. Oh, 
I actually just listened to a whole podcast about this the other day. Alex, this is a this is a um, a personal plug. Yeah, uh, there is a podcast called QAnon Anonymous. Oh, you know what though? I don't know if that's a a regular episode or a Patreon episode. But look up the recent episode from QAnon Anonymous. If it's a Patreon episode, I apologize, but uh, it was interesting. I remember being really wacky and silly, actually, but it, it deals with what you're saying. We also have a standing topic from Mike Dominic about Disney on Ice. Uh, so, yeah. um, and then, you. quite unfortunately, I think years ago at this point, uh, Michael Vinos also threw out uh, the topic of the tab shortage, but I did not feel comfortable tr- comfortable attacking that problem without tab having sector? without having had tab before. And I yeah. still haven't been able to get my hands on some. And I guess I never will because it was discontinued. So extra sorry, Mike. But um, I do want you to know, Mike, it is in the back of my head. And every day I live with guilt that I have not covered that for you. I do good. <laughs> but um, like we said, everyone, call us at 570-POD1. Email at us. Email at us. Email us at... Hey! At yallheard.me. And uh, slide into my DMs at Vandal And stay safe. Bye. Stay safe out there. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.